The following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8.05 p.m. Events occur in fake time. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? Welcome to Simulation Radio Live. It is, of course, Monday, January 24th, 2022, and we have quite a bit to get to today. Now, it started off as a bit of a slow news day, and so slowly as the day continued to trickle on and on, uh, more stuff started happening, or more likely I started going through more stuff and finding some more stories. And look, we're still going to have a lot of fun today because we've got a lot to get to. But first, I would like to know how everybody's weekend is. And I've been saying this a lot throughout the month of January, despite all of my uh, resolutions to go like full monk mode and full grind mode this year. It seems like the last couple weeks, all of the weekends have been a lot of, uh, well, I just chilled, took it easy this weekend and didn't really do all of much. Yesterday, I spent a lot of time uh, watching football because, god damn, were there some good games yesterday. Both of the games were fantastic. Supposedly, the games that occurred on the game or games. I, I don't know. I didn't watch on Saturday. That happened on Saturday were fantastic also. And so uh, I don't want to dive into this completely just yet. Because, uh, you know, I mean, after all, it's a slow news day. So let's let's cover one story real quick and then we'll jump into some football because we all know that I'm the world's most renowned expert in football. But first of all, uh, let me get this real quick out of the way. Now, if you're listening to the live show, then uh, be sure to follow the simulation radio social medias it is at simulation radio say it with me fellas on everything on youtube twitter instagram uh facebook i guess for the time being and not not doing tiktok trust not doing tiktok but i haven't anyway so uh and if you're not watching the live show we do indeed stream the live shows live on YouTube and Twitch at youtube.com slash simulation radio. Click smash that subscribe button and on twitch.tv slash simulation radio. So follow along there. Uh, we'll have some stuff on Twitch coming up fairly soon, like streaming some video games. I know I promised I was going to do it this weekend, but uh, yet again, once again, needed to catch up on some sleep, fellas. And I've had some really, really insane dreams lately i don't know if it's because i'm still like sober and trying to sleep and having dreams it takes me like 20 minutes to fall into REM sleep by the way i'll lay back down 
when I'm supposed to get up at like 7 a.m. for work, which starts at 8, even though I literally have to get up and walk over to my desk. So uh, I decide to just go back to sleep for another 50 minutes. And so I'll lay back down and it'll take me like 20 minutes to fall back into complete REM sleep and wake up in a daze once again and have a full ass dream, by the way. <laughs> Don't ask me how that's possible. But uh, yeah, let me know how your how your weekend was. How did you spend it? Did you watch a lot of football? Because if you didn't, then you missed some crazy crazy insane games yesterday that have a lot of implications in the football world and we will get to that in just a moment but first i want to cover this story that i used as the social media teaser for today which are jewish conspiracy flyers and if you followed at simulation radio on social media then you might have seen this and i will show you guys i'll put this up on the screen here for you too uh look at the look at this flyer it says every single aspect of the covid agenda is jewish and these flyers are being seen in various locations throughout the Miami Beach area, and the Miami Metro PD has no idea what's going on or who's posting them, who's putting them in places. Upwards of more than 200 flyers have been seen across the area over there, and it's listing some various important people, you know, CDC directors, CDC deputy directors, CDC chief of staff, all of those, and it lists their name, and then in blue text, just like the Star of David on this, uh, on this flyer, which is just insane, by the way. Jewish! Got him. Got him. Yeah, sure. That's definitely not just falling right down the complete conspiracy rabbit hole or anything. And this is probably one of those people that like just gets their news from Facebook or like just clicks on uh, Facebook articles or Facebook meme posts and misinterprets it as news. It also says uh, BlackRock and Vanguard are the two largest shareholders of both Pfizer and GlaxoSmithKline, as well as practically all of the mainstream media. No idea what that second company is. It's probably, I'm assuming, some parent company. Remember, those who argue that if you're against lockdowns, you're against state power, were literally Shabos Goy. Roast me if I got that wrong carrying out the will of the Jews unwittingly or wittingly. These flyers were distributed randomly and without malicious intent. Sure, they might not have malicious intent, but it's got the Star of David on it next to a fucking pentagram. How is this not malicious intent? And somebody's just going way too far. This is an example of what happens when you let con like ridiculously crazy conspiracy theories just take over your mind. And, uh... <sighs> Mob boss Rob, who is a friend of the show and might be on the the show fairly soon, said it best when he says that, you know, conspiracy theories require the coordination of a lot of people to keep intact. And that's a fairly solid mindset that I think is kind of the right way to look at really stupid conspiracy theories. Oh, look at this. For more info, visit GoyimTV.tv. All right. Am I going to get obliterated for going to this? GoyimTV.tv. Let's let's see what happens here. Ah, of course, a white power live now, live streaming white power mind Kampf part two. <laughs> Booster shot number 17. 
this is just wild and it's a very very bare bones website because i mean conspiracy theory websites are not spending a lot of time on their designs they're just put they're they're putting the stuff out there fellas and i'm not saying keep in mind that i'm not saying that uh you know i'm like pro lockdown or pro restrictions or anything because we're we're all just kind of tired of covid man but at the same time uh i really think that there is something to the theory that the the powers that be used covid to uh kind of up their game on how much power that they can exert over us and i'm a little bit i'm a little bit i'm like maybe 20 to 30 percent on board but at the same time when you look at this fucking flyer like that every single aspect of the covid agenda is jewish this is when you've gone hyper extremist you've gone right up on that fucking meter and I think this is this is just a little bit insane. So Miami Metro is investigating the cause of this. They've been aware of this is in Miami Beach as well, the surrounding area. They've been ma- made aware of an anti-Semitic flyer distributed overnight in residential neighborhoods. Detectives are actively investigating to determine their origin, according to a tweet that they put out over the weekend. We have increased patrols in our neighborhoods and also at our religious institutions, and which is not a bad idea, by the way, because if some fucking conspiracy nut job is walking around putting these flyers on places that clearly is inflammatory and hateful towards Jewish people, then you probably should be uh, getting some increased security at some of these places and maybe it might be time to start getting some of these rabbis uh increased security training like that rabbi in texas from last week who threw a fucking chair at the gunman the insane guy who was trying to uh talk to some pakistani neuroscientist like let's get security training on uh in some of these synagogues as well so you know in addition to some increased security and update that they put out a couple of hours ago the miami beach police continues to investigate this matter and has collected upwards of 205 flyers that's a lot of printer ink man which were left at homes throughout mid and north beach the vehicle believed to have been involved a rental has been located so and okay so let's get this uh get this kind of situated here so we start off with the assumption that conspiracy theorists are not very smart in the first place but at the very least this conspiracy theorist was smart enough to go rent a car however he was not smart enough to not allow this rental to have been located the miami beach police continue to say in a follow-up tweet we are working with our local state and federal partners as our investigation continues we remind our community to immediately report any suspicious activity to local law enforcement so if you're in the miami beach area and you see anything suspicious or maybe you see a demonic looking guy uh he might look like a conspiracy theorist and you can tell you can tell some of those people because they've been locked in their fucking houses for god knows how long and do not get out into the outside world if you see somebody suspicious like that uh handing out colorful flyers that may or may not look like this then uh you should probably probably let let somebody know well i i think that's it fellas i think that's all the stories from today i think it's time to end the show all right it it was good talking to you i'll see you all tomorrow no no just kidding 
we still have a lot more a lot more to get to because it was an insane and insane weekend of football ladies and gentlemen and i had the pleasure of getting to watch both of the games yesterday did not watch it on saturday because i did not give quite as much of a fuck but everybody that hated aaron Rodgers really enjoyed saturday there were two games and both of them ended in quite insane endings now the first one was the tampa bay buccaneers and the los angeles rams where the the bucks were down i believe it was something upwards of like 27 to 3 up until the fourth quarter and of course tom brady being tom brady brings it back to a tie game but then oh god what's Matt Stafford. There we go. Matt Stafford. That's the Rams' quarterback name. He brings it back with, I think, like 30 seconds left to go. And that's it. That was the game. There goes Tom Brady. And now people are wondering whether or not this is Tom Brady's last year. And he was kind of peeved in a press conference. But, you know, that's what happens. He's kind of annoyed that he just lost the game. And he's starting to get questions like, oh, was this your last game? Do you Did you have the time to go and ponder what this means as you were walking off the field? No, because he just played a fucking football game, you idiots. He probably still has the fucking football game that he just played running through his mind and is might not be thinking about what the future holds in exactly that moment. So all right, take that, sports media. Tom Brady is not answering your question like you wanted him to you I sh- I'm sure you wanted him to give this this very deep emotional answer where you get the scoop that oh breaking Tom Brady has decided that he's not going to play next year no he just played a fucking football game you dumbass so give him some time let him cool off a little bit he just lost in a crushing defeat where he almost brought it back in the third quarter but just uh Matt Stafford just made it happen man so of course, another very exciting game that is causing people to rethink what the overtime rules are looking like in the NFL, in addition to the uh, the was it the 49ers and the Packers game? Shit. I should know this. I mean, world's renowned football expert here. Yeah. So, all right, the the game that I did watch at the very least was the Bills and the Chiefs. And this was also an insane game because this caused a lot, quite a bit of controversy about the overtime rules because the Kansas City Chiefs did end up winning in overtime. Uh, It was something like 39 to 36. Don't quote me on that one. But uh, you'd think I would remember that from watching the game yesterday. But they got the ball in overtime and it was all decided on a coin flip and how the rules work uh when you start overtime is you get a coin flip and the team that wins the coin flip probably is going to take the ball first and the first possession the first possession in overtime that's it it's over and that was uh Josh Allen the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills did not even get a chance to retaliate which is leaving some people quite quite upset about that they're calling we need to change the overtime rules which let me know what you think about about that by the way 
I'm sure that the entire football community is completely up in arms about this. And I've seen a million and one different theories as to what new possible overtime rules could be. But I'll I'll leave all the speculating on the overtime rules to the football experts. Now, over to the fun stuff that occurred during this game, because uh, Stefan Diggs, who is a Buffalo Bill, and mind you that this game was being played in Kansas City, so the Chiefs were at home here, and this happens quite frequently. It happened at the Super Bowl. It's probably going to happen at the upcoming Super Bowl, but it's not very often that the players themselves get involved in the handling of fans that just decide to run off across the field and do really stupid things. Fortunately for the broadcast and fortunately for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and for everybody involved, it was not a naked man because if anybody saw it was fucking cold man it was so damn cold that i highly doubt i highly highly doubt that anybody is going to try streaking the field naked but then again i can't put it past football fans i've 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 seen worse so stefan diggs uh made viral news today for he got a little bit involved, and when a fan decided to uh, storm the field, this Buffalo Bill, mind you, he was being noted as uh, taking out some aggression. He just, he he lets it loose. He he gets involved here. And I'll, let me show you guys this. No. He's not having it. Stephon Diggs is not having that shit. He gets him first. All right, let, let's watch this one more time. So here's the fan right here. The fan is trying to charge at the football while it's on the ground in between plays. And Stefan Diggs, who is right here and is about to just fucking get at him. He is not having any of this shit. And I believe the Buffalo Bills are trailing at this point in the game. And before security even walks up to try to do anything, he, he he's right there. Boom! He beat out security. Now security's having his dig at him. They need backup. Hey, at least he wasn't naked. What is what goes into the psychology that uh causes a sports fan to be that passionate that they just really really need to uh run onto the field and it's even more mind-boggling when people strip off all their clothes and do it naked, but, I mean, do you really just want your 15 minutes that much? And it's not like if you streak on the field and get your 15 minutes, it's not like it's going to be positive. But then again, in the world that we live in today, no publicity is bad publicity, so if this guy gets dragged through the mud on social media, then may maybe it was worth it because, look, I got attention and attention is the only thing that matters. Great. Cool. Fantastic. Uh, Here's a Buffalo Bills fan, by the way. Uh, after their crushing loss in overtime, after Josh Allen doesn't even get to touch the football, which caused a whole other whole other issue in and of itself. But uh, they are they were not having a good time. Here, let me let me show you guys this. 
Bill's Mafia, baby. The rise and fall, because you think now if you're if you were watching the game, essentially it was a roller coaster of emotions. Both games that day were a roller coaster of emotions between Tom Brady almost coming back in the fourth quarter when he was down like 27 to three and almost winning that game. And the back and forth, I think it was something like upwards of 25 points scored in like five minutes, the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. And nobody knew what the fuck was going to happen at the end of both of those games. And here's uh, a Buffalo Bills fan, a Bills Mafia member going through the gamut of emotions when up, we're in the lead. Now we're down. Now we're in the lead. Now we're down. And then uh, it, it's a rest in pepperonis angle. Let's go. He's handing it to what I assume is his daughter. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> there it is. There's no way this wasn't staged. That that guy doesn't look nearly as pissed off. He looks like he's kind of smiling as he's yelling. There's no way he's not doing this just for a viral social media post. There it is. That's how all the Bills Mafia is drowning out their struggles. Was he about to chase a shot of vodka with a, a sip of beer? I mean, okay, but have fun tomorrow, buddy. That's that does not sound like you're gonna have a good time uh, in any stretch of the imagination. Here's a another look at how some of the Bills Mafia is responding to this game. Besides, you know, being incredibly pissed off at the overtime rules, there are some other. Uh, there's this other video that's going viral of the Bills Mafia welcoming the Buffalo Bills back from Kansas City. And you would think that they would be kind of pissed off. But then again, uh, this is one of those rare sports situations where it seems like your team, you have nothing to get mad at at your team because your team were not the ones that fucked it up. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, then more than likely how you're responding to this today is you're cursing the overtime rules rather than uh, cursing the Buffalo Bills themselves. Now, uh, with that support of their team, this is an interesting response to the Bills getting back to Buffalo from uh, Kansas City. And there's a local news report on it as well. Yeah, no surprise. Fans showed up at the airport to support the team, uh, no matter the outcome. And a special moment on the field for Josh Allen after the game. Daybreak's Lauren Hall joins us this morning with more from Bills Mafia. Good morning, Lauren. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Melissa. Well, yeah, Bills fans started arriving to the airport by 12.30 last night, but the team didn't land until close to 3 this morning. He's coming off to cheers. They started cheering, and they cheered until every single person deboarded. Now, most there's no way that this would have turned out the same way if uh, the Buffalo Bills had thrown that game. Now, the reason that they're seeing a large influx of support here is because the people are concerned about the overtime rules and people are shitting on the overtime rules like, oh, hey, whoever wins the coin flip basically wins the game because they're more likely to score on the first possession. And, you know, uh, uh, football, baby, that's the rules. Them's the breaks. But 
alas, we have a situation like we have now, where since the Buffalo Bills were not directly for or directly responsible for losing the game, instead, uh, we get displays like this, where the team is out there in full support and cheering them as they come back. Like, all right, good, good try, everybody. Good try, fellas. Sure, Josh Allen didn't get to touch the football a single time in overtime, but, you know, well, instead, we're going to be mad at the rules instead of be mad at our team. And maybe uh, more fandoms should start picking up that that philosophy. Or uh, maybe we go with the philosophy of not really being mad at anything. But then again, that's kind of also a weenie way to look at it, because that's just how sports fandom works is you get you get mad at the stupidest shit because you're a sports fan and that's just how it works. Players and team personnel walked quietly past the crowd, clearly still stomaching that loss. And despite the heartbreak, some fans no. there told us why they wanted to come show their support and what they think went wrong. Really got to hear this. The only thing that I could expect different today was a win. They did such a good job, and we are proud of them no matter what. Kim, just blame one person. It was just a great team we're facing. If we would have got the coin toss, Josh Allen would have went out there. He would have threw a bomb. So he respectable. A and he would have won the game. It, it's disappointing, but we're still out here in droves, and we're still waiting for our team. Yeah, so Bill's Mafia, baby. So that's what the fans had to say. Again, the players didn't. Man, I fucking love and hate sports fandom at the same time because on one hand, uh, I've never seen people so passionate about something in their entire life. And Ryan Sequest, my brother, said it best when we went to go see the Jacksonville Jaguars because we were sitting next to uh, this one... On the left side, we were sitting next to, funnily enough, Bill's Mafia members because it was the Jags-Bills game earlier in the season. And on our right side... There were uh, a whole bunch of very passionate Jags fans who would just yell and scream and do really insane stuff whenever the Jags did anything. And he said something along the lines of, you know, I want to be as passionate as they are about sports, about literally anything in this fucking world. And there's a little bit something to that on the idea that just the pa the passion of sports fans is ridiculous and almost incapturable have much to say last night either to the fans once they landed or on social media the last thing the bills posted was about 10 30 last night and it is now they're just going through no the social media reactions long, to this which all right fantastic that's great <laughs> there's one more thing that i want to that i want to talk about too which is uh patrick mahomes is getting some heat but not him directly. It's actually his fiance who is getting heat because after their victory over the New England Patriots, uh, she went viral and is getting a lot of heat for A, just generally being a hateable person, and B, uh, being kind of extra on social media. Now, his brother is also not discluded, excluded. There we go. Is not just excluded from this, but uh, Brittany Matthews, who is Patrick Mahomes' fiance, and she's getting some heat. Actually, it was the Chiefs' victory against the Bills. I'm getting I'm getting my teams mixed up here because, as we all know, I'm the world's most renowned football expert. But 
she's getting some heat for a video that went viral directly after the Chiefs win in overtime against the Bills, which was kind of insane, by the way. And let's see what you guys think about this. I'm curious as to whether or not you think that this is a valid reason for people to be getting upset on social media, or if you think that this is just kind of naturally the way that a pro athlete's brother and fiance would react to this. And I'll let you guys be the judge of this here. All right, this is what she's getting in trouble for. Look at that. She's spraying a wine bottle all over the deck of Chiefs fans below her, which may or may not also include some members of the Bills Mafia. We'll have to see about that. And she's getting heat on social media for just being ridiculously extra and kind of annoying, which... All right. All right. I'll give you that, fellas. She is really going at it. All right. It would be one thing if you were 100% sure if there were only Chiefs fans down there that you were spraying the champagne on. Because again, like I said, the passion of sports fans is completely insane and phenomenal sometimes. And they probably wouldn't mind getting a, a fucking head full of champagne on there after that incredible, incredible game. But... You know, that's, that's a little bit disrespectful to be kind of spraying it on what I assume would be some members of Bill's Mafia in there, too. Let's go! For some reason, that's the only thing that fans know how to say is, Let's go! Oh, and woos, of course. Woos and Let's Goes, the sports fandom starter pack. So let me know what you think about this. Do you think they were being a little bit extra and kind of annoying, especially considering, you know, that's in affecting other people here, especially with such a close game, too. Like you were maybe one coin flip away from giving Josh Allen the ball in overtime, and I'm sure that he would have fucking scored, too. So congratulations. You won the coin flip. So let me know what you think about this. Be sure to leave a comment on the YouTube video or tag at Simulation Radio on all the socials. When we come back, we have got some serious stuff that we have to get to. And we'll also have a little bit of fun, too, because the Russia and Ukraine crisis is kind of blowing up a little bit. And the U.S. has a particular response to that. We will talk about that. Plus... Uh, a truck full of monkeys. You wouldn't think that that would be news, but I will explain to you why a truck full of monkeys made news. And what would you do if you checked your spam folder and it told you that you won $3 million? Well, a Michigan woman was in this scenario and she responded to this in a very interesting way and was promptly rewarded for it. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Simulation Radio. Simulation Radio.
I think I would have missed out. And I think a lot of you all would also have missed out on this if you just so happened to check your spam folder and see you've won $3 million. Let's just say you're going through your emails and you see that particular email come up in your spam folder saying something like, oh, congratulations, you won $3 million. And all you have to do is click on this very suspicious looking link and claim your $3 million. That sounds like a complete farce, right? Well, this Michigan woman did just that and won $3 million because she had a $3 million lottery prize to claim, and it was just wrapped up in her spam folder, in her email. Her name is Laura Spears. She's 55 years old from Oakland County, Michigan. And she said in a press release from the Michigan Lottery, I saw an ad on Facebook that the Mega Millions jackpot was getting pretty high. So I got on my account and bought a ticket. A few days later, I was looking for a, for a missing email from someone. So I checked the spam folder in my email account. That's when I saw an email from the lottery saying I had won a prize. I couldn't believe what I was reading, so I logged into my lottery account to confirm the message in an email. It's all still so shocking to me that I really won this $3 million. And there's a lot to unpack here, because first of all, she has a fucking lottery account. That means that she is a lottery power user. That means that she is playing the lottery all the damn time. And, you know, the odds are definitely not with you still, but it still seems like, you know, you play the lottery legitimately every fucking time it comes out and you're going to win one of these times, but you wouldn't think that it would be the $3 million. And based on the fact that she is a lottery power user, I wouldn't be surprised if she might have spent $3 million in her lifetime on lottery tickets. So she's just getting her, she's getting her investment back. She won, in fact, $1 million on her original ticket, but paid another $1 to add a mega plier which, according to the Michigan Lottery, can multiply prizes up to five times. It's kind of like how when you play the Powerball, you know when the Powerball or the Mega Millions or whatever gets to the upwards of like the hundreds of millions, the upper tier of hundreds of millions, and that's when everybody starts to play it, right? Everybody's like, oh, shit, I got to go get a Powerball ticket just in case I win 400 $500 million, and they have that power play option where, in fact, I think the Powerball, uh, the power play is $2 now, which is a little bit ridiculous and kind of scammy. What, where's that money? Isn't that money supposed to be going towards like infrastructure and schools and all that good stuff? Where, where is that? We haven't seen much more of that, but they have that option where you can select that and you can pay like two more dollars and possibly get your winnings multiplied by five. And she did that from her original $1 million on her original ticket. So let me know you guys' uh, reaction to this story, because let's just say that you're going through your spam folder looking for your my lottery confirmation of winnings, and it's just right there in your spam folder. It seems like it would be fairly easy to pass up as just a scam. And I really, I really want to see what the link looks like that they sent her to and whether it looks kind of suspicious or whether it looks at least kind of legit. But then again, uh, I, I don't want to be generationalist. 
except for shitting on Zoomers. I, well, we got to punch down instead of punch up. When it comes to uh, Gen Xers, they are probably more likely to fall for scams like this. It's, it's just in this situation, it didn't turn into a scam, funnily enough. So what would you have done here if you casually won $3 million on your lottery ticket and you were going through your emails and see, oh, this is in my spam folder telling me that I won $3 million. Do you really think that you would have given that a second glance? Or do you think that it would have been easy to pass over because it seems like a fucking spam email? Oh, man. She also said that she added the Michigan lottery to her safe senders list just in case she ever got lucky enough to receive another email about a huge prize. So it took this... It took this incident of the Michigan lottery email being sent to her spam folder to add it to her allowed contacts list. So they're going the Michigan lottery, especially her who has an account and is a power user. She is going right to the front of the line or the Michigan lottery is going right, right to the front of the line on stuff that they're going to keep her updated about, which, you know, to be fair, I would trade. Uh getting a spam email from the Michigan lottery every day for $3 million. But you know, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just, I'm greedy. I would take that trade. All right, let's go over to Pennsylvania where a truck containing 100 monkeys collided with a dump truck off of I 80 on Friday. And they're still looking for as of earlier this afternoon, they were still looking for one of those monkeys, and I'm pleased to report that they they have they found the monkey. Hey, get back in the truck. No, actually, what happened is that they were euthanized, which is kind of sad. That's pretty sad, funnily enough. Uh, this happened. It started this saga over the weekend where a trailer carrying those 100 monkeys collided with a dump truck off of I-80 in Pennsylvania on Friday. Four of those monkeys ended up going missing. And as of early Saturday morning, one of those monkeys was still unaccounted for. They were looking for the monkey. And they asked if anybody saw the monkey to please don't try to catch it and to call 911 and wait for the authorities. And I would like to uh, play this local news report about it as well, because this is just a, a hilarious story, man. And I know that we have to jump into some serious stuff at some point soon, but I maybe we could just spend the next 15 minutes talking about dancing monkeys that escaped off of a truck. And apparently those monkeys were a shipment of them, which were en route to a CDC approved quarantine facility after arriving at New York's jfk airport from an indian ocean island nation and these monkeys were undergoing medical tests so these are those monkeys that you hear about all the time that the medical companies are performing experiments on uh maybe shady backroom experiments for experimental drugs that could potentially be released to humans these monkeys were those unfortunate victims of some of these tests. And it's unclear whether or not the monkeys had undergone these tests before being shipped or if they were intended to be tested on uh, once they arrived at the destination. Because the location of the quarantine facility and the type of research for which these monkeys were apparently destined was not clear, but these types of monkeys were often used in medical studies. So they're probably using experimental drugs on these monkeys, allegedly. 
and that might explain why they ended up putting him down. No! No! Poor monkey! Poor monkey! He just wanted to live a long and healthy life of not being experimented on with experimental medical drugs, but alas, especially after they escaped, that was not the life that they led. As they found the monkey, the last of them, which escaped from the crash was accounted for by saturday afternoon or roughly around saturday night uh close to a day after this crash had occurred and while only one of them remained unaccounted for the pennsylvania game commission and other agencies launched a search for it and that search was to locate these monkeys and put them down according to Kristen Nordland, who is a spokesperson with the CDC, said in an email on Saturday that ended up leaking to the public that all 100 of these macaque monkeys. <coughs> macaque. <coughs> yes, that's funny. Sorry. But you're dead now, monkey. Which is kind of a shame. That's pretty sad. They had been accounted for. Three of them were dead after being euthanized. So... Uh, of the four that ended up escaping, they caught 96 of them. They were not euthanized, fortunately. But of the four of them that escaped, three of them ended up euthanized. And then I would assume that the fourth one also ended up euthanized, especially uh, because, you know, this sounds like another potential uh, COVID-19 situation where these monkeys might have been experimented on in a lab and they get out and who the fuck knows what's going to happen after that. You know, maybe these monkeys that have been experimented on and have experimental drugs in them come into contact with people. And, you know, next thing you know, we have a worldwide global pandemic because of... <coughs> now, Get back in there! <coughs> All the monkeys wanted to do was escape captivity, but maybe this uh, fate for them of being euthanized... Apparently, they were euthanized humanely, according to the American Veterinary Medical Association guidelines. So they were euthanized humanely, and maybe that might have been a better fate for them than just being experimented on cruelly. And we have, I have, I have a local news story about this too. for tonight after a transportation truck carrying 100 of the primates was involved in a two vehicle I see 101 crash. monkeys I, I don't know about you I told you about that crash online and on air Friday night Yes I'm WBRD talking about me 28 I'm not making a joke about the news reporter Cindy Costas is live now in Valley Township with the latest Good evening Cindy Monkey watch Good evening, Mark. Now, state police tell us three out of the four monkeys have been found. And despite some of the people we spoke to last night helping with the search, they're urging the public to stay at home and don't go out looking for that last, last primate. Who is going out of their way? Who is leaving their home to go out and look for one of these monkeys? Actually, you know, I, I take that back. That is not actually a rhetorical question because I'm sure there are plenty, plenty of people that would be going out of their way to go out and look for a cute little monkey. Maybe I can keep it as a pet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just am imagining the hypothetical situation where like an innocent Pennsylvania family goes out and finds one of these monkeys and just decides, oh, I'm going to save you monkeys from this cruel, cruel fate which they did not know that that was the monkey's fate at the time. I will save you from this cruel, cruel fate, 
and I will uh I'll, I'll give you a home. You'll be our new monkey pet until it throws its shit at you, and then you make the same call as the CDC in putting the monkeys down. Like I'm telling you, if a monkey that I've decided to keep as a pet throws its shit at me, it it I'm sorry, but it it's getting put down, fellas. State police and the Pennsylvania Game Commission spent Friday night searching for four monkeys in the wooded area along Route 54. They got the squad. 80 hours after the animals searching for them from their transport truck that collided with a dump truck. Troopers tell us the transport truck was carrying 100 monkeys from Africa, taking them to a lab in Missouri. Eyewitness News confirmed three uh -oh. out of the four monkeys were found and put down. Michelle oh, no. spoke to us at the scene late Friday night. She told now us we're at she was 102 driving monkeys. behind the truck just before the crash happened and thought it was crates of cats that had toppled. They had this like green cloth over, so I peel up back and I go to stick my finger in there. Wipe your nose before giving the interview, for God's sake. All right, look, I get that it's cold, and I understand that that's what happens when it's cold out, but, you know, I, I stand by my 102 monkeys comment, because let me rewind this a little like, bit. Oh, it's a monkey. Like Look, lady, Michelle Fallon of Danville, you know you're about to give a TV interview. Like, wipe all the little the little drizzle that's coming out of your nose here. And I get that it's cold. I get that that's what happens in the cold. And I completely understand that, especially here in Florida, as a giant pussy about the Florida cold weather. Like, you know, it, it was in the low 40s this morning, and I was fucking cold as shit. So... You know, maybe we're at 103 monkeys. So we got the news anchor. We've got this woman and right here. So this story, look, this story says 100 monkeys, but uh, I think we're dealing with 103 monkeys here. Back and I go to Just wipe your nose, lady. Fuck. To try to pet it and it pops its head up and I'm like, oh, it's a monkey. So I was like, I'm shocked. So I walk over to the guy and I'm like, they're not cats, they're monkeys. He goes, they're what? I'm like, they're monkeys. They're not Even cats, the they're monkeys. Saturday, interest in the missing monkey continues. Last night I was just scrolling through my phone and I saw people posting about it and thought it was pretty weird. Why do we need to know what the guy at Subway thinks? What are what is the local news doing? Are they just walking around to random establishments close to where the monkeys escape from and are putting microphones in people's face going, hey, what do you think about the escaped monkeys? Well, I don't know. If I see one, I'll call you. Weird. Then my mom came into my room and asked me about it. Asked me to help go look for the monkeys. TJ Stackley works at a fast food yeah, restaurant. Very valuable perspective, buddy. So they went to it, to Subway to interview this guy who essentially said, Yeah, well, I, I never heard of them, but, uh, you know, my mom came and told me about them, and that that's how I learned about this. Fanta fantastic journalism. Good work on this one, local news close to the crash he says this area is usually quiet and he still can't believe what happened it's usually quiet except about it pretty much hey. it's talk of the town now we checked in with michelle fallon Saturday oh god morning. she tells us the cdc contacted her and told her, her to again look out for any cold-like symptoms within the next 31 days according to a letter they sent to her the surviving monkeys will be quarantined and monitored for infectious diseases before their release <laughs> My God, what a fucking story. What a story. So an update that they did end up finding the last remaining monkey come Saturday afternoon. And all four of the monkeys that escaped were they, they were put down in a sad, sad twist of fate. I'm sorry to announce, but maybe now that they will live a good non-medically experimented life.
up in monkey heaven. Okay, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. All right, now we have to get to the juice, ladies and gentlemen, the, the good stuff. And we have to talk about the Ukraine and Russia controversy because news today of the State Department issuing level four travel warnings for Russia and Ukraine. The U.S. federal government on Sunday ordered diplomats' families to evacuate the U.S. embassy in Kiev, Ukraine, which is the capital, among, amid fears of ongoing Russian military action in the country. They also issued a level four do not travel advisory for both Ukraine and Russia. Now, some of the backstory of this is that Russia is increasing their troop presence around the UK. And the word, the general idea behind that is that maybe Russia is prepping for an invasion of the Ukraine, you know, trying to reclaim the glory days of the Soviet Union. And we, you know, the shit, I was, I was going to do it, but I can't. I can't do the Russian accent, man. I just can't do it. Look, we, we learned from the very interesting show on Thursday that I can only do two accents. I can do the Trump voice and I can do a British accent. And that's it. That's it. I'm sorry. So I'm not going to embarrass myself further. President Biden will speak with European leaders on Monday later to discuss the ongoing tensions between Russia and Ukraine, including Russia's military buildup on Ukraine's borders, according to the White House. This comes after the U.S. ordered the relatives of its embassy staff to leave Ukraine, citing fears that a Russian invasion could come at any time. However, the EU has decided to, they're deciding to stay. And this leads us to a situation where, you know, maybe we're acting a little bit prematurely, where we're fresh off of uh, our exit in Afghanistan being a complete disaster. And so maybe what the administration wants to do is to, they want to prevent something like that from happening again. And so they're pulling us out, they're pulling us out possibly a little bit earlier than needed to uh than what needed to happen so i know this is going to be a polarizing issue look i mean fucking world war three trended on twitter today because that's what people think that this is going to lead to which i don't think is entirely out of the realm of possibility but at the same time uh it might not be something that we as the united states would be involved in given our current position of all right get let, let's go let's get us out of here despite the fact that there might need to be more that is done there. The UK, the Ukraine president has come out and taken a shot at us for prematurely evacuating. I, I got it right. I was about to say the other thing. I was about to say the other thing, but I caught it. I caught myself. Uh, he, and I'm going from memory off this, the shot that he delivered was something along the lines of, uh, you know, I don't get why they're pulling out, but... I don't get why they're not. I get why you pull out because it's how you prevent bad things from happening. But I don't get why they're pulling out. All right. All right. Be mature about this. Be mature. Mature. <clears throat> Serious news story. He said, I don't get why they're pulling out. Uh, the members of the United States that are currently in Kiev, which is the capital of Ukraine, would be safer off over there than they would be in a violence-ridden city like Los Angeles. And, oh, that that sounds like a shot. Because he is very clearly upset that uh, we are not following the EU in our remaining there. 
So I will follow this story as it continues to develop because this is a quickly, quickly developing story, especially as more stuff uh, comes to happen. <sighs> comes to happen. Look, be mature. Mature. <sighs> be mature about this, fellas. Well, no, not you. You guys are probably very serious about this, but <sighs> I need to be mature about this. So Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby has said that the U.S. has put about 8,500 troops on alert to be ready to deploy to Europe, potentially on a very short notice. And we're trying to reassure NATO allies in the face of a Russian military buildup near Ukraine. So tension threat at an all-time high. We are pulling out of there. Russia looks like it. they could be on heightened alert on their invasion, potentially, of it. And it seems like that clear conflict is about to happen here. So these are all the chess pieces aligning into place of this international conflict. And we're at a boiling point. We're at a breaking point here where it feels like almost anything else that happens could set off a major conflict. And so for that point, uh, maybe all the idiots on Twitter are not entirely wrong about they're probably being hyperbolic about World War Three. But at the same time, a major, major conflict is certainly a strong possibility here. So I will continue to follow the story. And this might just be the story of the week. Honestly, this might have to be the uh, update you guys every day on how it's going. And we'll continue to see how this plays out because war pulling out. Russia's increasing their troop levels along the Ukrainian border. It is very clear that something is about to happen here. And we will see exactly how that plays out as the week continues to progress. I'm hoping for not World War Three, but, you know, maybe that's just me. Some people are saying that we need a good old fashioned war again to pound this generation back into shape but i'm definitely not one of those people i don't want to go to war do i look like i can fight in a war hell no hell hell no speaking of which uh corporate media is continuing to fight the ongoing war of making it look like that they're as inclusive as possible to appear or to appeal to the zoomer generation and in a funny clip that occurred from Friday's show, Tucker Carlson is not having any of it. Now, keep in mind that, you know, generally, I think Tucker Carlson is probably one of the better representatives of the right wing, at least on Fox News. He's not like, uh, wow, thanks, computer, free up storage space. Shut up. I'm trying to, to slightly dunk on Tucker Carlson moderately, even though he's generally okay most of the time. I mean, uh, so... Obviously, he comes out every now and then with some really weird take about something, but those are usually taken out of context. And Tucker Carlson is usually one of the most reasonable people on Fox News, despite the fact that he is kind of inflammatory sometimes and does things just to get attention. But, you know, at least it's not fucking Sean Hannity, that dumbass weasel who is clearly disingenuous and is just a grifter. Tucker Carlson went insane on friday because eminem is remaking all of their eminem characters 
because Mars Incorporated announced last week that it would give the candy a makeover in its advertisements as part of a global commitment to creating a world where everyone feels like they belong and society is inclusive. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that a uh, big old corporation, Mars Incorporated, they really care about uh, society and inclusiveness and are totally not doing this just to score some points on social media with fucking blue-haired Zoomers. Surely that's not what's happening here. And Tucker Carlson is not having any of this. And we're going to watch this clip in just a moment here where he goes over the changes to the M&Ms. And I want to hear your perspective as to whether or not the remake of the M&Ms is too much. But here's the thing. Obviously, uh, that's kind of the direction that all of these corporations are going in, right? Is They are trying to appear hyper-woke to appeal to what they think is the mass audience, but the mass audience does not really care about wokeness. They just want a decent fucking product. They don't really care about how um, socially active the company is, despite what advisors at these high-level companies are saying. Someone's out of touch here, and I think it's the companies. But... To talk about, like, Tucker Carlson's point of view real quick, I get what he's going for here, which is that, okay, I agree with him. On one hand, this is kind of ridiculous and stupid, but at the same time, this is just how it is, man. Some things you've got to let go, and when you put out clips like this, it makes you seem like you're just kind of dealing with something that's not really or mad at something that's not really that big of a deal because let's be honest most people don't really give a shit about the characters of m&ms and it makes you look i'm not saying that tucker carlson is unhinged but it makes you look that way when you're going off on like stupid ass uh m&ms or things that don't really matter and of course the media as it does when it gets an opportunity to dunk on somebody like Tucker Carlson, because he kind of goes against the grain, uh, they choose to dunk on him. Here's the headline from Mediaite. Tucker Carlson mocks woke Eminem characters as deeply unappealing and totally androgynous, and they're making it seem like Tucker Carlson wants the Eminems to be sexy, despite the fact that, you know, these changes don't really seem like uh, that big of a deal. So let's check out this clip from Tucker and I want to know what you guys think about this. Finally tonight, we don't usually give story tips to NPR, but here's a story they might want to cover pretty soon and doubtless will. M&M's, the candy Sounds about company, right so just far. announced that it's redesigning its cartoon characters to be more gender inclusive. Here's the thing, uh, and I'll start this M&M advertisement over in a second, but... Nobody is nobody that has a real opinion. Nobody that's not a fucking unhinged pink haired psycho on Twitter is actually going to any of these corporations, social medias or advertising campaigns and taking notes about, oh, I mm, this doesn't seem this advertising campaign doesn't seem as inclusive. This doesn't seem inclusive enough. Nobody that's living a real life is doing that. Nobody that's not incredibly online is going to any of these corporations and giving any single iota of a fuck what is going on with the way that they're doing their advertising so you know, let me let me start this over let's check out the m&m campaign let me know what you think about this
it is clearly just virtue signaling, but like, that's how, that's just how things are now. That's how companies do their advertisements. Back they all look the same. M&Ms were pushing intolerance, but they were. They've been changed. You're seeing the changes right now on your screen. The green M&M, you will notice, is... They just want to appear like they're doing something, even though they're not. They take the easiest low-hanging fruit that'll appeal to all the 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 low IQ, like hard lefties on Twitter that just spend their whole fucking day online and going, oh, what can we do to appeal to their little feelies today? And like that that's just how it is, Tucker. And it makes you look like unhinged and it makes you like it's just fueling all the stupid ass culture war shit when you're doing a whole segment on this and i get the point here and i agree with the point that okay yeah this is stupid and it is clearly just virtue signaling but at the same time like why even give this the time of day man like it, you know that the left is going to take every opportunity to dunk on you about this and look at the, the they're all they're, they look basically the same like the new m&m has white legs and doesn't have as high it, it's wearing like shoes instead of high high-heeled boots that that's really a big deal no longer wearing sexy boots now uh -oh. wearing sensible sneakers why uh -oh. the change well, according mm. to M&M's, quote, we all win when we see more women in leading roles because leading women do not wear sexy boots. Leading women wear frumpy shoes. The uh -oh. frumpier, the better. She has That's to be sexy. The, the other big change. All right. Well, look at the brown M&M. Look at this one. Look at how, in fact, I'll hide my camera so that you guys can see this. In fact, I'll even rewind, too, because I don't think that I think my camera was blocking the green M&M. Take a look at the shoes here. Because that was the clear difference Leading here. women wear frumpy shoes. The frumpier, the better. Oh, boy. That's the rule. The other big change is that the brown M&M has, quote, transitioned. It looks exactly the same. It's it's like the same fucking M&M, except now Mars can put out a nice little press release saying that, oh, it's more inclusive when it's, it's the same fucking M&M. And then Tucker Carlson goes and spends a whole segment like being mad at this and you, you gotta pick your battles, man. There's There are real situations that companies majorly fuck up and that you have to call them out for just insane and stupid virtue signaling. But I don't think this is it, man. I think you just gotta leave the M&Ms alone, the M&M thing alone, and just let culture beat culture and pick the right battles to fight. From high stilettos to lower block heels. Also less sexy. That's progress. M&M's uh -oh. be satisfied until every last cartoon we gotta want to fuck the M&M's unappealing and totally androgynous until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them That's does anybody want to have a drink with the M&M's right now like I okay so sure there are some very endearing M&M commercials out there the key one that comes to mind being that one uh Christmas commercial where the two main M&M's like the red and the blue one uh, the run into Santa, and then I think the big old fat one, like the yellow one, goes, Santa does exist, and then he faints on the ground. Does does anybody really want to go have a fucking drink with one of the Eminem characters? I, you're you're creating a fake boogeyman here, Tucker Carlson, and I I'm not saying that the left isn't going to do what they do regularly, which is try and dunk on you at any potential opportunity, but like you, you just gotta let this one go, man. It makes you look just as unhinged as they are. That's the goal. When you're totally turned off, we've achieved equity. They've won. Meanwhile, in I don't know. Personally, I don't look at either the old or the new brown M&M or any of the M&Ms and think, huh, 
you know, oh shit, because this brown M&M is wearing slightly less tall uh, high heels, shit, man, I don't think I want to fuck her anymore. Nod to the burgeoning wellness movement, the orange M&M will, quote, acknowledge and embrace his anxiety. Okay. And actually, if you look at him, the orange M&M does appear very anxious. Maybe he doesn't like all the ugly new He's shoes about to be he sees around him. Maybe he liked the sexy boots. Maybe what? the orange M&M is a secret sexist himself. What? Finally, tonight, we don't usually oh, give story right. tips to NPR, but... So this is one of those situations where, look, Tucker, man, you, you got to drop this. You got to, you just, you can't run with shit like this because it, it plays on the left's narrative that you're an unhinged right-wing conspiracy theorist psycho, which I, I don't think is the case. He has proven himself time and time again to be one of the somewhat more reasonable voices on a Fox News network that is increasingly uncredible, just as incredible, uncredible, whatever, as fucking MSNBC and CNN. And when you when you do stuff like this, when you put out stuff like this, man, this is what gives them more ammo. And it's just feeling all the dumbass culture war shit. So let me know what you think about this uh, in the comments. Do you see these M&M redesigns and are all torn up because they made the, the M&Ms look like you don't want to fuck them anymore? I, I don't know, man. I'm, I am not all that torn up about the fact that uh, nobody wants to fuck the M&Ms anymore. Sorry. Did anybody want to fuck the M&Ms in the first place? Let me know. I mean, if that's you, if you are a potential M&M fucker, then... All right, uh, no judgment, but uh, A, you need to get your priorities straight, and B, uh, I, I really hope that you're okay. I hope that you're doing all right, because you will no longer have these M&M characters to fuck, but I'm sorry. That's just the way that things go sometimes. So thank you all for joining me. A uh, quick announcement. I announced this on Thursday evening, on last Thursday, on the very interesting show. But we will be taking a reach for the sky from Simulation Radio and doing it on the very interesting show Thursday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, subscribe to both Simulation uh, Simulation Radio shows, by the way, wherever you get your podcasts. It is Simulation Radio Live and the very interesting show on any podcast platform, on YouTube, on Twitter, Twitch, all that good stuff. And make sure to subscribe to follow along with everything that is going on and to kind of keep in tune with some of the fun that we're having. If you like fun, I mean, if you don't like fun, then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's just not for you then. But if you do like fun, then do be sure to follow along at Simulation Radio. Say it with me, everybody, on everything and search for those two podcasts that I just mentioned because it, they're a rip-roaring good time. And that will about do it for today. I will see you all tomorrow. Stay sexy. Once again, if you are listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube recording, then join us live Monday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. See you all tomorrow. Bye.
on, I'll remember you all in therapy.